You're listening to Brown on Brand, featuring Matthew Brown on Thumbstopper.fm. Hello, everybody. This is Matthew Brown with uh, Brown on Brand. You can uh, view this at Thumbstopper FM, and you can also find us on a podcatcher, uh, whichever one that it is that you use. And so by searching Brown on Brand or Thumbstopper, that should show up, the purple logo. Today, I have a very special guest in the studio uh, who I know personally, who's been uh, in the same types of uh, the digital space, if you will, that I've been in over the last several years. His name is Kevin Horrigan. He's the president and CEO of Bayshore Solutions. Welcome, Kevin. Hey, Matt. Good morning. Nice to be here. Kevin, you're with uh, a company called Bayshore Solutions, and, and you've been around... A number of years. How many years total? 23 now. 23. Okay. Well, that makes my dozen years that I talk about look like a a teenager still with braces. (laughs) That's funny. You've done a lot in those 13 years. You know, I, people always say, wow, you look great for 46. And I go, you know, I've got a new paint job, but don't let the, you know, I've got a lot of miles. (laughs) So don't, so don't let the new paint job fool you. Absolutely. So you've got three locations. You've got Tampa, which is my home and, yes. and, and the city that I love. Yep. And you have Miami. Yes. And that is a city that I lived for a year. And I also love that city, but I would not pick it as home. Yes. And um, you have Denver. Correct. So what's Denver? How did Denver happen? Yeah, so it's a it's you know, it's an interesting journey. And I think, you know, Matt, as we all go through our journey together, um, you know, some of it's planned and some of it's reactionary to the opportunities that exist. And uh, my company just celebrated 23 years in business this past January. But in, um, in 1999, we're about three years into the journey. And um, we had our first opportunity to do an international project. And it was for a hotel in Puerto Rico. And um, when we completed that back then in 1999, I was just building a website for a hotel resort in Puerto Rico. And when we completed that, um, sister properties around that resort were looking for websites too. And this is their first website ever. And there were no web design or web development companies in Puerto Rico at that time. And, you know, what we found operating out of Tampa was culturally, we certainly weren't anything like what the culture was in Puerto Rico and uh, we started to generate some great business in, in Miami, too. And so the opportunity to expand in Miami really was to become the gateway to not only a South American opportunity or, or South, South Florida businesses, but also South American and, and other businesses, including Puerto Rico. And over the first few years we were down there, we probably built um, probably about 15 websites for uh, hotels and um, upscale businesses in the Puerto Rico community. And, um, you know, really our South Florida office kind of became a, a gateway into South Florida which culturally is so diverse and different than it is in Tampa. While it's a 45 minute flight, culturally it's, it's so different. And you know, the people who may be able to um, best relate to those cultural differences, maybe people from those communities. And so, sure. you know, opening an office there was an easy decision. Having people who you know, maybe came from those communities, maybe you know, were, were, were born in Puerto Rico. Um, we had some people who were, who were um, in, immigrated from South America and, you know, Miami is known as the gateway to South America. And so, you know, we, we capitalized on the opportunity to um, have more of a local presence there than trying to serve it from a Tampa perspective, which probably wouldn't have the same ability to relate and, and, and be able to solve problems as easily being so culturally diverse. And so that's how Miami started. And now, you know, here we are, you know, exactly 20 years later in, in, in 2019, 
And you know, one of my largest clients is headquartered in, in Miami. It's Carnival Cruise Lines. And so you know, being able to serve them with the local presence and then continue to be able to utilize that South Florida office, which is culturally different than it is here in, in Tampa, um, has worked. Um, That's funny. Yeah. As, a, as a young guy, um, it's funny how you learn things. I've known you for a number of years and, and you sharing that story. Now, I started off, what about Denver? And you can tell this guy's a Florida boy <laughs> because he went all over Tampa and Miami and we can get back to Denver. But, I, but I've had one corporate job in my life, and it was a, a technical— how did, how, did, how did that go for you? Um, that's another podcast. <laughs> I want to I keep this one about technology thought, and keep I it clean. I thought it might be a loaded question. Yeah, it is a loaded question. But I lived in Miami for that year, and guess who I recruited for? I was a technical recruiter for Carnival Cruise Lines. Wow. Yeah. Small so, world. Yeah, it is a small world. So that— um, the watching um, kind of Bayshore Solutions, what's your biggest focus today? Uh, you know, like if what's your do you have a is it a wheelhouse or are you guys so well-rounded and looking at your website? There were a number of things you've done things for us in the past yes. that have been fantastic yes. from, you know, from helping us with our website to helping us kind of, you know, be found, yep. if you will, in the search engines and lead things. Gen. Like, yep. Yeah, lead, lead generation, exact, exactly. If like you were to some, we had four floors, we're coming down an elevator, right? Yes. And, and you go, I got four floors and, and this isn't Matt Brown, he's somebody important. And I've got, you know, I want to get his attention. What would you say to me? Yeah, absolutely. So our tagline hasn't changed in 15 years because what we do hasn't changed in 15 years. You know, our tagline is digital expertise to grow your business. And so as that okay. elevator is going down, we're going to help our customers design and develop the right corporate web presence. And once that corporate web presence is created, we're going to design and develop the advertising campaigns that understand who their target audience is, mm-hmm. where they spend their uh, where their time online researching to buy that product or service, right. and put the right advertising campaigns out there and generate awareness, accelerate Any, interest. In, anywhere in North America, anywhere in the world, anywhere. So really, it's going to be digitally. It's, you know, it's digital destination. So sure. this is, you know, this is going to be, you know, the search engine, social media. This Me, is no, I meant clients. Clients, oh, clients from anywhere, right? Um, U.S. ninety eight percent, Canada two percent. So most uh, North, North America. America, North America. Yep. And um, now we have a we've had a vertical focus. It's what's moved me from thumbs. Or I'm sorry, from lot vantage to thumb stopper. Correct. We've been focused on the uh, on the motors vertical. It's it's always amazing to watch companies that go across verticals yes. because law firms and cruise lines and yes. you know, how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you, how do you become an understudy of that vertical? And yeah, so my answer is really easy. Um, if I began, you know, so at the end of the day, my customers are going to measure me by the growth of their organizations based on the engagement with my firm. And when I have vertical dominance, um, my client's competition is going to want to hire me. And I view it's a conflict of interest for my company to do a great job for one customer and then go work for the competition. Yes. And so and that happens a lot, right? In the agency world, the digital space world. It, it could, you know, if you have dominance. And so your agency's ability to grow is limited by the lack of wanting to be in a conflict of interest with your customer base. And so, you know, today I describe Bayshore Solutions. We're digital experts horizontally across so many industry verticals. It avoids us from being in a conflict of interest to work for any of our clients' competition. Okay. But also, Matt, the other advantages are there's so much information to gain in marketing B2C that can be applied to B2B and B2B that can be applied to B2C. And so there's some opportunities to be able to learn in different channels and bring that over to new channels that if you're focused in just one channel, your only experience is in that channel and you're not getting an opportunity to learn what you could outside of that channel. But the other interesting thing in, in being a digital expert horizontally across many verticals is that 
you know, many industries go through cycles and some the tide's coming in and they're just growing like gangbusters and some the tide's going out and they're wondering if it's ever going to stop. And, you know, how companies go to market in a rising tide of, of growth or in, you know, or in, in, a, in a slowing down tide, you know, they manage their marketing expenses and controls much differently. But there's so much to be able to learn in those situations that translates across all the other client bases too. And those who are spending aggressively because they're in a good cycle and just want to be able to gain market share, there's things to learn and be able to be able to transfer. And those who, you know, every marketing dollar, you know, has to generate 10 in return who are really, really struggling. Um, there's a lot to learn there too. And so, you know, there's a lot of visibility that transfers into best practices across the existing client portfolio when you're not just vertical focused. Yeah, no, that is big. And that the, it's interesting you, you bring up the, the, the business to consumer and consumer to bi- or consumer to consumer side of marketing and how some of those things can play magic across lines. Absolutely. Yeah. The, so with, with being across uh, multiple verticals um, and being around 23 years, yes. uh, you know, you saw the dot com. Yes. Bust. Yes. It right. Did. Yeah. And very you were, close. You were part of that. I was. Yeah. And survivor. Yeah. Survivor. survivor. That. Yes. Yeah. No, that's yeah. a, that's a big deal. And um, you've been able to weather, you know, the 06, the 07, the, and navigate around that. What do you, what do you chalk that up to? Like companies that have, I've known a million ISPs and, and web companies and digital footprint companies and agencies that have kind of come and gone. Uh, you and I have seen them, and while there are a number of great great ones in in Tampa Bay and among us here in Florida, you know what do you equate Bayshore Solutions' ability to kind of navigate that? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a few ingredients. You know, first of all, one would be you know great people. You know, I've been blessed to have uh, great clients, and I've been blessed to have great coworkers. And you know, we're a company that in 1999 had 30 employees, and in and in 2000 we had 225. Mm-hmm. And in 2011 and 2001, we were back to about 20 employees. So we went on a roller coaster ride from 30 employees to 225 back to about 20 employees in about an 18 month window. And so that's a lot of activity. And, you know, there's a statistic in our industry that 98% of the companies in the internet services space in business before year year 2000 are are no longer in business today. Right. They're gone. So only 2% survived in ITs. I'm a dot-com survivor, but I think the, you know, one, you know, the clients that I had that grew us from 25 employees to 225 employees were all venture capital backed and their and their capital sources dried up and they all went out of business. And so my work went out of business with their going Did you ever take VC or PE money? So we raised $14 million and uh, almost took our company public. Um, but okay. the intent was, you know, we were a dot-commer in that regard. Uh, we were late to the game and that was probably a saving grace to be able to be in existence. What year too. was that? Do you remember? Uh, 1999 and 2000. 99 and 2000. Yep. yep. Okay. That helped us expand too, take advantage of the, uh, of the opportunity. But uh, you know, when, when, when the dot-com bubble burst, that meant capital available to tech companies went away. Sure. And, and so the, you know, the bubble bursting was really, there was no capital to fund all these quote unquote great ideas. Right. And, uh, and my company had no one to serve unless we wanted to work for equity and uh, equity doesn't uh, cash paychecks. Be, being around entrepreneurs that have been gritty and have navigate through that. And I've been through that myself. Um, it's just amazing um, the skill that it takes to ramp people up, ramp people down. There's no worse time than when you're laying people off. And it's not that the people that you're laying off, because if I know you, you're trying to do the right thing sure. by people, but you've got shareholders and a business to look for, you know, you know, over the what what the real hard thing is to 
to keep the culture and the people believing that are going to going to stay engaged and on board. And it's and it's a huge concern. And I know you've had those ups and downs. Absolutely. And my hat's off to you because I, I I know that 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 part of the up and down. I think part of the part of the ability to, to weather that those those turbulent times is is one transparency. Sure. Um, you know, we grew like crazy because the market existed and we were fortunate to be one of the firms that uh, were the most respected and gained a significant amount of market share. And when that business went away, we were transparent to our group that it's nothing that they've done wrong, that right. the market's over invested in what they thought was opportunity and it doesn't exist. And, and, um, and you know, we were transparent and, you know, we were watching more companies go out of business than we were going into business. And yeah. so I just yeah. was sharing with our team, if we can survive, we will be able to thrive. And Absolutely. so our business plan in 2002 was, was nicknamed survival. It was just turning the corner and being able to survive. And if we could, we could thrive, but we have to survive first. And we have to also be able to put aside all the um, things that we were so looking forward to the prior years. We all had stock options. We were a company that had, had raised $14 million and were about to go public. We were reading the Wall Street Journal every day and watching companies just like ours. And every employee had stock options and were worth something. And unfortunately, Nothing that they had done anything wrong, but that window was closed and it was never going to reopen again like that was. Absolutely. And if you're going to hang on to that, we were going to go out of business. There are a lot of people that do. I still talk to people today that are like, you know, we were going to go public or whatever. And I was a public company at one point, a pink sheet traded company. Sure. And we were right there on the, you know, being behind the wave on that and sure. and, and didn't see it coming as well. However, I, I, I think a lot, um, you know, uh, of uh, entrepreneurs and CEOs that I see today that have weathered that these have been people that have been able to live within their means and not ball, sure. if you will. I see, right. a, I see a lot of these guys even today and, you know, they go out and raise this money. They buy a new Mercedes. Right. They, you know, and, and these, these are the part of the podcast that I love is digging it. It's one thing to, to celebrate our business and celebrate our victories. And we don't do that enough. Sure. Absolutely. Um, but it's another thing to get in here with the grid of a CEO that's can be through the grind. They've got great companies. They've got, you know, brands and, and, uh, customers that are just raving about what you're doing when you're helping somebody grow their business. There's, there's no intimate, more intimate bond than Absolutely. that. Uh, you know, you know, just from a professional standpoint, I know you were short on time today. Uh, I wanted to take a few minutes to really just, uh, get to know Bayshore on yes. the podcast a little bit better. We've known each other a number of years. Yes. And so anything you want to close with or add with? No, Matt, I think, you know, what you're doing, you know, with, with, with your companies that you had over the years, you know, certainly you're helping brands grow as well. Sure. And, you know, podcast is another medium to be able to educate people. And so I congratulate you for continuing to help the companies you work for in your own company, continue Thank to you. find different ways to engage different audiences. And so certainly, podcasting is another way that some people do research to learn more about a brand or a service or a product. And I congratulate you for having the courage to start this and help your company and the companies that you work for continue to generate new customers for those who use this as a tool to do their research. Well, coming from you, Kevin, that means a lot to me. And thank you so much for that. So everybody that has tuned in today, um, you can visit uh, BayshoreSolutions.com. Uh, Tampa, Miami, Denver, but you heard today, if you're a, a brand, a small business, um, and you want to talk to somebody about increasing those revenues, uh, please call, reach out to BayshoreSolutions.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And remember, subscribe to Brown on Brand at Thumbstopper.fm or wherever fine podcasts can be found. 